Gather round, circle up, fill the cup, spill the tea. Just believe, just believe the diamond dogs are here. And that means that you're not alone. We get one shot at this life. And heaven knows, heaven knows that we try, that we try. The diamond dogs are here. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode four of the Diamond Dogs podcast with Beth and Jason. We are going to jump right in to episode four recap. So here we go. Uh, Unfortunately, the uh, good old Richmond team is on a losing streak and they lose again. Roy and Jamie are fighting even more. And uh, Rebecca is planning for this huge thing that they do every year. And you hear it repeated multiple times in the episode that it's for the children, this big charity ball. Uh, Supposed to have Robbie. I always want to say Robin Williams because I love Robin (laughs) Williams. But Robbie Williams is supposed to be the guest. I love that part when they're like, Robbie canceled. And Ted's like, oh, no, who's that? (laughs) (laughs) I had to look Uh, it up in full admitting. Yeah. Um, So... You know, he's uh, Robbie Williams is supposed to come. Turns out that uh, Rupert got him to cancel uh, because he's a jerk, um, the villain of the show Mm -hmm. and uh, really wants to embarrass her and then shows up, you know, kind of as the winner, donates a million pounds. Spoiler alert. And uh, she Rebecca just has some epiphanies here about who she was when she was with him. And but the whole, you know, a lot of this is Higgins trying to find the 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 right person to replace Robbie Williams. And Ted comes in at the end. You'll have to watch uh, who the musical guest is that they get because he's he's pretty fantastic. And the and the crowd goes wild in the end. And there's a lot to unpack in this episode. So let's get to it. Beth, yeah, I think there's this is really the first time we're seeing the team not on the field. You know, like they're out, yep. they're about. Uh, there's some good that happens from that. There's some tension that happens from that. There's a lot yep. of of goodness. I'm really excited for our guest for this episode because I think there's a lot to unpack about when should you take your team away? When should you, you know, step outside your normal day to day to do right. some work as a team and and what might the magic uh, be in doing that? So, and by the way, I think you and I will both just go on the record here of saying uh, to anybody listening who is a leader, if you have not taken your team off the field, yeah. as it were, Get them off the field. Go yeah. have lunch. Go uh, do something. And yeah. uh, our guest is going to have some really uh, cool and exciting, uh, fun things to do that will help you build your team together. But that should be in your plan as a leader to get your team away from work and doing something not focused on work. Yeah, yeah. So I think the real, you know, the real bubble point here and and where this kind of pays off is. A lot of tension between Jamie and Roy um, yes. on the team. And that's been happening since the beginning. It's really bubbling. They actually, at the very beginning of the episode, post game, get in an altercation where Ted says one of my favorite, favorite lines, which yes. is uh, first, what's the first rule of fight club? No fight club, <laughs> which just, I mean, cracked me up. I was like yes. rolling because that well, would be my personal <laughs> Right. And relationship Beard, with Fight Club. There's and no Beard fighting. is the one who, who responds, <laughs> right? And his voice is like the prepubescent 12-year-old. He's like, no, Fight Club. No, Fight Club. Like, 
because so he's good. all stressed out. Yeah. Um, and it was very, uh, I don't know if that episode was, if that scene was done that way on purpose, but it's very reminiscent. If you are a fan of the movie elf, which I'm pretty sure that you are Beth. Yes, obviously. Uh, of who isn't when, right of when the Great elf movie. of when the the small man comes uh to visit and he's like <laughs> and and you know the character is like he's like you're an angry little he's like call me elf one, <laughs> one more, more time, time. <laughs> because roy does the <laughs> same thing goes, he's like yeah. call me old yeah. one more time yeah. and then you know the tension of course before jamie calls him granddad and 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 again really indicative of of what's happening on the inside you know sports are it's funny that we don't always talk about emotion and sports going together, but it is emotional. Like there is, is emotional emotion there and it's really bubbling uh, to the surface here. Um, so this opportunity to kind of step off the field, be together at this charity gala um, is both kind of an opportunity for things to go really, really bad right. and an opportunity for, for things to get better. Well, and I think what you just said is really important that, that, there's no guarantee, right? I think a lot of leaders go, well, I can't take my team off because we've never done that before. And then, you know, the what if abouts in my mind start coming mm-hmm. in. Like, what if, what if, what if these two who don't get along, like really, like it gets worse? And what if these, you know, and we have all these questions, but we don't, we simply don't know until we get there. And one of my favorite parts is, uh, you know, when, when, they get to the gala and everybody's going to their tables and Jamie comes to the table and Roy comes to the table at the same time. And Ted's kind of walking up on the side. And I think Jamie says, I'm going to another table and Roy's like, or uh, Ted's like, no, you're not. He's like, I parent trapped you, which I think is great. Um, And, and they just, it's like, let's, so as a leader, he's providing an opportunity for them to confront these things that everybody knows are happening, but nobody's confronting it. Right. And I love that because uh, one, he's providing the opportunity Two, he's facilitating it. Right. So he says like, who wants to kick this off? And the things that they both say, they're, they're really rude. Mm -hmm. I mean, Roy's just like, I think he's, I don't remember what he says, but I remember Jamie's response was if his brain was on fire, I wouldn't piss in his, (laughs) in his ear. It's like, wow. That paints a picture. That's a very, it's a very specific uh, (laughs) picture of what you would not do. Um, And that, but see what I, what I, and, and this is the part, I think we're probably going to say this throughout this entire podcast, but the intentionality of Ted to continue to show up. So, you know, Ted goes like, okay, so he pivots, right? Who needs a drink? Goes and gets drinks, comes back. Um, I do like, though, this is one of my favorite little pieces um, because as we talk about honesty and accountability being themes for this this episode, Ted runs into Rebecca at the bar and he's given her some pointers and says, you know, she's like, oh, Rupert was always better at the speaking. And he's like, you know, tell a little joke about yourself. And it gets, and she goes, oh, really? What should I, what should I make fun of myself for? And he's like, he's like, oh yeah. And he's like, nope. She's like, I think she says like, you're not going to jump in that pool or, or, or dip your toe in that pool. And he's like, nope. And then he walks away and he comes back and he goes, oh, and he's like, nope, not going to. So as, as much honesty as you see in this episode, there are also times when maybe it's not the best idea yeah. to just lay it all out there. Right. I mean, that was, that was great wisdom for, I think in Ted's 
part, but I love when he comes back and he and he sits down with Roy. Everybody's left the table, but he's got drinks, so he you know he gives Roy a drink and they sit down and he goes, "What's your biggest problem with with Jamie?" He's like, "He's a he's a little bitch prima donna," and he's like, "Roy, what were you? he's like? Think about back when you were twenty three and the big man in the league making all that money." He's like, "What were you like?" And I love the fact that Ted is not preaching to him. Mm-hmm. He's asking him to reflect on his own journey. Ted already knows the answer. And this is what one of the things that I love about him as a leader is he doesn't tell you a lot. He does in some instances, but he doesn't tell you a lot where he wants you to go. He lays the question out and allows you to experience it for yourself. Yeah. And and he and and so, you know, Roy's answer is I was a little bitch prima donna. And what's great is then later Roy finds Jamie at the bar and they have, so what started right as, as Ted putting this whole thing together, Ted was going to solve it. What really happened was he provided the opportunity, asked some questions, led his team well, and then they wind up taking care of it because they wind up at the bar having a good little, you know, good little joke. Yeah. And I think the, the gift that happens here is something that is one of my favorite parts about working with teams and doing some sort of personality assessment, whatever it is, it can be a thousand different things, disc, Enneagram, whatever tool you're using. The magic in those tools is where you can start to see the why behind people's behavior and also find some empathy for that. And then secondly, start to recognize that as not an affront to you, but just Mm -hmm. a Oh, that's just how they see things. And I see mm-hmm. things differently. We're both bringing good and bad to the table and both are valid. Mm-hmm. And that's the magic that happens with those types of tools. And I think Ted really facilitates one of those moments where he's able, Roy is able to finally see himself in Jamie mm-hmm. in a way that he hasn't. And so is then able to approach him differently because now he's seeing a little bit of himself in, in Jamie. And that's, oh, it's just magical. It is. And uh, and another thing that I think is super cool in that whole time when, when they meet each other at the bar, you know, Roy goes first. He's the older, more mature person, right? So he says it first. But then I, I, I would bet that if you asked Roy, like, do you think Jamie idolizes you or thinks you're a great player? Roy would have been like, hell no. Like, he hates my guts. And you find out in this scene that he had a picture of Roy on his... yeah on his wall. And I think that that's one of those things for Roy. It's like, it's moving for him to realize that this arrogant bitch of a prima donna, right? (laughs) Like used to idolize him. And, and he says some truths about Roy. Like, you know, you think everybody should kiss your ring just because you want a couple of trophies. And Roy's like, yeah, I can't be like that. And then, you know, he turns it around to Jamie and says, all right, now this is the time where, you, you know, you agree to my bit. And Jamie's like, I don't, and this is, I think this is so true for all of us who really desire to be great leaders is, is Jamie goes, I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> even if it's true. And, you know, Jamie's still kind of put like, even if it's a little true, I think he says, and he even makes like mm-hmm. a, a motion with his fingers. I, I think when we can finally detach ourselves from whatever vision it is that we have of ourselves of leaders and really hear the people that we lead give us feedback, painful as it is, yeah. much as we don't want to agree, much as we don't want to accept it, 
if that's what there's, here's the thing. If that's what they are seeing, that is the leader that you are. If you think of yourself as this great charismatic, you know, come what may uh, leader and they see you as somebody who's aloof and not involved, that's the kind of leader you are. And to me, a, (laughs) a, a brave leader is a leader who is willing to ask to ask for the feedback, get the feedback. And, but here's the thing, there's a third step here that I think that often gets overlooked and it is to accept that feedback and not take it personally. Yeah. Because if you take it personally, you're going to look to get back at the person for giving you feedback you don't like. Yeah. I think that's super true. And really, if you just think of, if you think of Roy and Jamie as leaders of this team, Roy is officially the team captain. So he does have a leadership role on the team. And if you think about the difference that they have in just life experience and years in the world, even right. Roy's at the end of his career. Jamie's at the beginning of the, of his career, you see in Roy, a real willingness to do the hard thing as a leader, even though he's, he's got just as much ego at the table as Jamie does in a lot of ways, but he's really willing to step aside and be like, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. That's me sometimes. Right. And Jamie, even though he sees the value in that isn't willing to do it. <laughs> and that's why you, you see so many, you know, systemic problems on the team because of Jamie's behavior. Yeah. And it's just that little shift. It's not, it's not a huge, um, huge gap, but it's that other piece you were talking about. Yeah. Not taking it's, it personally and being able to do something with it. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot, if you look at each character's journey in the show so far, and you look at this episode, there's a lot of, of honest reflection happening. You know, there's Rebecca reflecting on her time and her marriage with Rupert. There's Ted reflecting on, you know, who he is as a leader. There's Keely and, and Jamie's relationship and where I, I, I'm pretty sure it was in this episode, wasn't it? Where she talks about how she's always dated footballers. Yes. 23 year old footballers. Yeah. 23 year old footballers when she was 18 and she's like, no, I'm 30 and I'm still dating a 23 year old Mm -hmm. footballer. And that's when Rebecca talks about accountability and how she was married to this man for all these years who never took accountability for anything. One of my other favorite pieces of this is when is at the end when Jamie comes up and, and apologizes (laughs) and she goes, do you know what you're apologizing for Jamie? And Mm -hmm. And his response is very telling. Right. Yeah. He says, you always ask me that. <laughs> right. So it's yeah. like, I think there's a lesson there for us as well. Do, do you know why you're doing what you're doing? Right. I, I just reminds me, it takes me back to that, the leader that you talked about that stopped in your office yeah. and, and looked at the, at, looked heart. at your nameplate. <laughs> Bless his little like, heart. Like he was, he was doing that because somebody told him to yep. do it. He didn't really, he wasn't really convinced and convicted underneath that that was something that he should do. And that showed by the fact that he had to check your thing. So, you know, he, Jamie was kind of going through the motions like, ah, you know, I messed up. I should probably apologize. And then she called him on it. You know, his ultimate response when she's like, you know, accountability matters. And she's like, and that's her epiphany moment, right? She's like, we're done. And he yeah. and literally his response is whatever. That's that's what he says. And he walks away, whatever. Like he doesn't, he doesn't get it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that also speaks to the fact that you can't, you can't 
and I think this goes to both of our businesses, Beth, when we, we see the potential of teams, we see the potential of leaders, we see the potential of organizations when we work with them. Um, sometimes just even in the sales process before we even get brought in and it's agreed. And I have had to learn to step back from wanting it more than the client does. Yeah. If, if I want it more than they want it, it's not going to work. Yeah. You if know, you want the, the transformation for them more than they want it for themselves. It ain't happening. Yeah. It's just not, it's not going to happen. You know, the other thing that I, I want to dig into a little bit from this episode, because I think there's a real lesson for leaders or at least a conversation point for leaders. And it's interesting because one of my coaching clients, uh, we spent our session this week talking about a situation like this, which is as a leader, when there's interpersonal relationship issues on your team, so two team members aren't getting along, there's some sort of issue. When do you step in and intervene as the leader? Like, when is it your role to do that? And when is it your role to let them work it out for themselves. Like what responsibility do they have for it? And what responsibility do you have? And and the conversation my client and I ended up having was really around, in my opinion, the litmus test for that as a leader is number one, is the behavior that's happening acceptable at work or not? (laughs) Like it's okay to get upset with somebody at work. It's okay to not see IDI. What you do with that and how you express that may or may not be okay. So yelling at each other in a meeting, not okay. As a leader, I'm going to have to get in and have a conversation about that. Right. If it's just disagreement and they're expressing it in a work appropriate way, you know, maybe there's a line there. So certainly one of the tests is, okay, is there something inappropriate happening that I need to address? Yep. So there's that. The second point I would make is, can you visibly see it affecting other people on the team? Is it an issue that's so widespread that it's going to end up derailing your whole team? And that's really what you're seeing happening on this team. (laughs) And I think that's Ted's reason for stepping in is, okay, if these two don't get this figured out, this team is not going to come together. Right. Which is a great segue into the quote that I want to make sure that we talk about because I just think it's hilarious. He says, you all have split our locker room in two. And when it comes to locker rooms, I want them like my mother's bathing suit. One piece. <laughs> I thought that was so funny too. That's such a good one. Oh, it's so good. Um, and I would, I would agree. I would agree with those things. Um, I would, I would push back a little bit though. Um, I, I tend not I mean, obviously, yes, if you see that it's affecting other people, but I would also say that if you have a gut feeling that it is affecting other people, it probably is. Yeah. And for I've sure. had if you to have let, any wiggle yeah. of that at all. Yep. Yeah. And I've had to let people go on teams before when I was leading teams. And we may have talked about this before, even on the on the podcast, but once that person is gone, it's amazing what people come out of the woodwork, like what you learn after they go, because everybody seems like has their own secret about the person of what they were doing and nobody's sharing it for whatever reason. And so there's like this collective sigh of relief, um, even though it wasn't necessarily seen by everyone. So, um, you know, some people are like, well, I've, I've got to have concrete. I got to see it. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I would. I mean, you're a leader because you're a leader, right? You that's your responsibility. So if you feel that it's your responsibility to respond to that, yeah, um, and do some investigation at least before maybe you do a full on frontal assault and 
confront it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, the other thing before we wrap things up and and get to our guests, the other thing that just kind of popped into my head about this too, is there's, there's a lot of drama happening on this team. Mm-hmm. And I think our instinct sometimes as a leader can be like, Ooh, drama's bad. You know, drama, Ooh, we need mm-hmm. to squash it as soon as humanly possible. There's actually some weird team dynamic stuff that happens with drama <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's not always a bad thing. And my example I'll use for this is, uh, oh, this is one of my least favorite uh, training experiences I've ever had in my career. So before I started doing leadership development facilitation, I actually participated in a program through the agency that, that basically they, they, for two days, you're in the woods <laughs> with a team of people. There are tasks that have to be completed and each activity has a different leader on the team. And there's all these things. It's really from an experiential leadership perspective. I look back on it and I'm like, oh, they did some really cool stuff with that program. Mm-hmm. As a participant, I almost died, literally. I almost fell off a cliff. Um, I injured myself multiple times. Um, I came home from that adventure and went directly to a doctor. Like It was not a a great experience. But what I will tell you happened in that team, and I, I know that this was what they were trying to teach us, is that when things are so hard that they don't feel possible... And the, the drama that comes from that, man, you can pull a team together fast. Like mm-hmm. those were people, those six people that I went through that experience with, I kept in touch with the whole time I was at the agency. Like we mm-hmm. were a special bonded group. Mm-hmm. And so I just, sometimes when those things happen, don't overlook the, the magic that can come from it for the team itself. Yes. Totally agree with that. One, yeah. one might say that you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, there's. I have a friend who says that a lot. That friend may also have it on a t-shirt. That he's wearing. Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he's wearing the same t-shirt for those of you who have made that comment before. No, I totally agree with you. And in fact, I had a, um, I had a coaching situation this week with some clients, a uh, crucial conversation between a boss and a, um, it's an executive leadership team. And it was a very... It was very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. But what that provided for future development was gold. Yeah. And it was really hard. There were tears on both sides of the of the table, but it was and but it was good. It, hard. Yeah. Hard. But it was good. And I, I agree with you. When you put people in those situations where um, you have to rely on the other person. You're in a situation that's unfamiliar. You're in a situation that's uncomfortable. I find in my life anyway that I look back and I'm like, those were the those were the catalytic moments. Those were the seminal moments yeah. in my life where I'm like, that's where change like took place. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think a good segue to bring our guest on would be the way that the episode ended. Uh, Rebecca and Kate and <laughs> Keely ride off. Well, let's pop back real quick. Uh, Rebecca's outside talking to Ted and this and this guy on a rickshaw comes by and she said, I've always wanted to ride around on one of those. They look so like so much fun. And she asked Ted if he's ever done it. And he says, no. And then at the end of the episode, Keely shows up with two bottles of champagne and is like, you want to go get really drunk? And she's like, yep. And you see them, you know, riding off into the sunset as it were, but like riding off in the rickshaw. And so I think one of the things in the midst of all the drama and all the things, having fun is really important. And 
And I think people sometimes in leadership are like, oh, well, we can't do that. That's going to be fun, right? Like fun is yeah. poo-pooed for some reason. And it's like, there's there's a lot of bonding that comes around doing things that are fun and funny. Um, we like to laugh. We're wired to laugh. And laughter is good for our brains and for our bodies. That's been um, physically proven. Can't hear, Can't wait for our listeners to hear our guests and some of the fun things that she talks about when it comes to teams. So we are joined, gang, by Beth, the amazing Beth Sinclair. Um, Jason and I have the privilege to call Beth a friend and major privilege. Major privilege. Mm-hmm. And we're just excited to have her on today to just chat a little bit more about all the things that she does. So just start, Beth, by tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I would be happy to. And I'm I'm thrilled to be here with you, Beth and Jason. What do I do on a daily basis? Yeah. So I'm a I'm a leadership coach. Um, I'm an improviser, meaning I like to make stuff up in the moment and create with other people. Um, sometimes that's formally on stage, sometimes that's just in front of the room in a meeting. And I'd like to say I'm I try and be at least a curator of fun and play. I generally believe that life is very short. And while some may say that fun and play are trivial things, I actually think they are core to who we are as human beings. So Mm -hmm. I, I try and integrate that in the work that I do with my clients, but I also try and do that outside of work too, just with my family. How can we build connection? and engagement with each other and what we're doing through that concept of fun or play. So just out of curiosity, did you make that up? Since you like to make things up, did you just make that up on the spot? What you just told us? I mean, I, (laughs) I sort of did. I I didn't, I didn't know I'd expand so much on it. I had like, I mean, it's really good. It's probably a good, I I mean, I practiced it (laughs) on stage last night with a microphone. So how did it go? Well done. Well done. It was really good. (laughs) 10 out of 10. Okay. So I'm curious if first, like, let me just give you some props around first. You are super fun, like just a super fun human in all the ways. Like, I feel like you do such a good job of just naturally finding joy in the things that are happening around you. Hmm. And I want you to talk a little bit more about why that can be kind of a game changer at work. Like why should companies spend Mm, more time on fun and play at work? Yeah. I mean, thank you for that, by the way, Beth, I feel the same about you both. I think that, you know, there's sort of this old mentality or old management thinking, which is fun is reserved for the weekends or the evenings. Mm -hmm. It definitely doesn't have a place at work. And like I said earlier, this concept of it's frivolous, maybe even it's just reserved for kids. But I really do believe that we are born to play. And I think for the leaders that are listening to this podcast, I would really encourage them to to think about the business case if they need to be convinced, which is, you know, if you look at the levels, the lever, excuse me, of engagement and what really drives people to feel engaged at a company or an organization, it has to do with belonging, like a lot around belonging, feeling like I'm connected with people. And you can look at the, their Gallup puts out kind of a survey around this. If you're interested, you can look at those questions. It definitely drives engagement. It cultivates a deeper trust with the people within the organization. And if you want some real crazy hard facts, there's a research for um, 
a research center for play in California. And they looked at what happens to our brains when we are engaging in play or a fun activity. And it turns out we activate the highest processing center of our brains. That's, That's fascinating. Me. So if you think about, I think about from a leader perspective, wanting to spend time efficiently, increase productivity, look no further than play on some level because we're going to be our most creative and engaged self if we have some of that, not just on the weekends and in the evening, but in our everyday at work. Yeah, um, and and side note, I mean, we're all kind of burned out right now. That's That's not like a new idea. We've been COVID, we've been separated. So I actually think um, being intentional as a leader about this concept and not having it be on the side, but actually integrated into the way that a leader leads can be an, an advantage. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So if I'm a leader and I'm trying to infuse some of that into, into my team and mm-hmm. into what we're doing, what are some tips you would give me about how to do that Beth, in an intentional way? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think I, I want to answer that question with kind of like maybe things I've failed at and what I've learned <laughs> along the way, yeah, uh, yeah. which is um, the first thing is know your audience. So if you're an extrovert like me, great. You're like, let's do charades remotely, which by the way is super fun. Or let's do uh, where we can do remote karaoke and Jason and Beth are on stage. Well, what if you have a company where the culture is full of introverts? Uh, What is going to, what the message from that is going to be is, wow, this company is forcing us to have fun. And I just was terrified and I hated the entire thing. So that is not the objective. So I think the first thing is think about your company culture and think about how do they define fun and what does that look like for them? And don't assume that it's the same for you as the leader because I know I've gotten in, in, I've misstepped along the way with some of that. Um, and I think there's also this myth of like, oh, we got to save it all up. We can only have fun <laughs> if we, you know, totally. have an offsite for three days and we're doing all these fun quote unquote activities. My response to that is, is no, um, or <laughs> maybe it's a little bit of yes, and, but there's no reason to save it up. You can save it up. And I would say, how do you integrate that more into a kind of a weekly or maybe not weekly, but just some sort of consistent way? So for example, you're asking about kind of tips there, Beth. I have a client who does trivia. Their team meets every week, every Friday. And so they go through some business stuff and then they save 20 minutes and they really like, they're just trivia people at this company. And so they pick a topic and they'll make it like a friendly competition. So again, knowing your audience, they're competitive. Love this group. Mm-hmm. And they really love trivia and thinking deeply about topics. So that really works for them. And it's 20 minutes, but think about in 20 minutes, what you can learn about someone through a, a game or an activity like that's amazing. Yeah. So that's an example. I also think, and if you wanted to take like dip a tiny toe, maybe your pinky toe, I guess, <laughs> in, in the, in the water, which is hard to do by the way, if you it just is hard try to, to how do you pinky. rotate your body to yeah. just, dip I was just thinking the big about toe that. is easier. I feel like if you just okay. go straight for the, so whatever toe, toe tip of the big longest, toe, there longest. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking some people second have that second toe. toe. Second You're right. Here. Totally. I think that's me. I think I might be one of those weirdos. We call those the foot fingers. That's oh, right. Man. Whatever works for you. Um, the <laughs> idea is if you don't want to take on the world with this, think about in your regular cadence of meetings with your team, 
how can you just spice it up and make it a little bit different? So to me, fun and play equals connection and engagement and building trust. So it can be as simple as I love this game called object game, and it's become so popular in this remote world, but hey, everybody grab an object that's blue that's right around you. People kind of show it. Right. And then you can say, uh, grab an object that when you look at it makes you smile. Great. And then the last one could be grab an object that's really meaningful to you. And you could do breakouts from there. And everybody kind of shares in a smaller group. If you do have introverts that aren't willing to talk in front of 15 people, use the breakout function and, and talk through that. Also just you know, random questions before a meeting. Let's talk about the the thing you're looking forward to the most. Let's do kind of a quick round round robin. Wow, that's going to set such a different tone for your meeting than Jason. Give me the update on you right. know project yeah. X. And and we're we're all going through Zoom calls all day, and so break it up a little bit and see as a leader how you can kick it off with a little bit of connection first. Yeah, I love that. I love everything that you just said. And this is definitely not my normal nature, but I'm gonna I'm gonna step into the role of devil's advocate a little bit. Ooh, here. let's Ooh, do it. Drum roll. So you said. So I actually have two questions. The first one, if you could answer that second, if that makes sense. So Jason, you said you're gonna force me to to hold some thoughts in my head. I'm, you know, down. just trying to make it, trying to get you comfortable being uncomfortable. That's I'll all, take that's notes. I'll take that. notes. It's gonna be okay. So I want to know. Cause you said, don't save it up. So how often should we do this? Right. Uh-huh. And, and I know that, and, and related to that, what about the people who are like, we don't have the budget to do it. We don't, you know, that sort of thing. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of one packaged up question. But my, my other one is, you know, you said, know your audience totally agree with that. We, we all on this podcast have spoken and speak in front of groups and, you know, you got to know who you're speaking to and, and what works. Have you ever gone into a company that just isn't fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm sure there are going to be people that are listening to this that are going to go, yeah, my company's not, my company's not fun. Mm. So, um, so what, what would we do if, if somebody's listening, right? Like kind of the naysayer, like Jamie Tart is and Ted Lasso, right? Like this is never going to work. This is stupid. Like you got a naysayer like that. What do you say to them? So what's going through my mind, it's such a good question. I think we all want it. I, yeah, I, I really, I really do. Who, what human being, I mean, we, there's lots of research out there, but we crave human connection. And just to give you one quick example of that. Um, so I think developers get a bad rap around stereotypically they're introverts. They don't like connection. They want to work alone all day. So I recently found out from a client I work with that one of their developers left because there wasn't enough connection in the company. And that was a real aha to me and maybe confirm what I, on a gut level, already feel and what I've experienced with many of the clients I've worked with, that it's easy to say they just aren't fun. But Jason, when I go in to do an improv workshop, and and people's hands are kind of folded and they yeah yeah that's what I was picturing yeah Yeah. as soon as I make the assumption and implicit assume I have their permission which I do people get get on board and once they start doing it they're excited so I don't come in my approach is not oh my gosh I hope this 
I hope you like it. I hope it worked. I, I'm really Please nervous. have fun. Yeah, please have fun. I'm like, okay, we're gonna do this thing. Okay, here's yeah. the here's the activity. I want yeah. you to get up. If you don't feel comfortable standing up, you can sit down. So you know, there's a little bit of adjustment in meeting people where they are. But I, I, my experience has been, if I can create a little bit of that environment up front, like people show up. Well, and I, I think what, and thank you for that answer. I knew you would come through with, with that kind of wisdom. And I think that goes back to this episode really, because when they're, when they get to the gala, right. Uh, Ted has finagled to get everybody at the table and they all get up to the table at the same time. Right. Jamie's looking at Roy and they're like, I'm not doing it. Like this is, and, (laughs) and Ted's like, no, you're sitting down. Like I parent trapped you all. This is on purpose. (laughs) Like we're doing this. And and he just goes for it. And what you find out by the end of the episode is guess what? It worked. Hmm. So I, am I parent trapping? Like, partners I work with in my, in my, I, d- I don't think you're parent trapping. trapping. I don't think no, so either. I don't think no. so. I mean, you I don't, don't need to parent that. trap. No. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, the, that's a good reminder. Um, and then Beth is going to remind us of your, your first. Question. Well, the, how, how often, like how oh, often yeah. and, and the should... excuse of like, we don't have, we don't yeah. have budget. Cause you know, I, I picture like non-fun companies or companies that don't really want to embrace that budget slash time, right. Are big, like are the big easy excuses of why we can't do it. They for sure are. Um, Many companies uh, are not meeting in person in this world right now. So maybe that excuse goes a little bit off the table. Mm -hmm. Um, It's tough for me to answer in general the frequency because I I start thinking about frequency of of what. Like, for example, I I have clients that as an executive team, their operating rhythm is just such that they meet quarterly. But when they meet quarterly to do their business review and kind of how do we need to pivot for the next quarter, there's always a component of what are the shout outs? Let's do a little bit of a team activity slash we're going to go to dinner night one, right? And so that's that's great. Um, and I think, you know, if you are a leader and you feel like you just don't quite have the trust there, engagement is lower, there's a bunch of I would look at to assess what might be good to start out. Like it might make sense if you're low on all those factors to consider, okay, we're going to try that thing Beth said that company's doing, which is Friday afternoon when we have our business meeting, we're going to kind of do something that's going to foster a bit of connection. And then if you see over time that that's going well, maybe you can start to like heighten that a little bit. Okay. So we're now going to like meet in person and do a team dinner. If everyone mm-hmm. safe yeah. and is vaccinated, all that taken into account um, and start to kind of build on that momentum that you have. But I think the easy thing is to say, I don't know where to start. So I'm not going to start. Yeah. And I would encourage you to just take that again, back to the toe in the pool. Cause we had so much fun with that. Just yes. take that first little step slash. So yeah. find your, find your fun is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Find yeah, find what works for you it, yeah. as it relates to um, getting your team connected, adding a awesome. little levi- levity. And and I just want to say, um, this was coming coming to me this morning. There's there's a quote, and I don't know if it's Plato. There's some debate on it, but it it's a quote around we discover more about a person in one hour of play than a year of conversation. Mm. And think about in your own lives, right, Beth and Jason, like 
think about when you have like a game night with friends. I mean, I used to do those quite regularly before COVID and the laughter, the surprise, the delight, the engagement, all of those are off the charts. You're just learning about people in a new way. Yeah. And I was even just thinking, you know, I think what's been hard post COVID, I was thinking about the last team I was on before I went out on my own. And we had a pretty regular practice of going to lunch together too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like whoever was available would go like, and we would go a couple times a week usually. Mm-hmm. And we were a pretty tight team. And I think part of it was because of like those little interactive moments that we had together because that fostered inside jokes and it fostered right. humor mm-hmm. and it, fo- you know, like we had fun together when we were together. And so we were really intentional about making that time. Um, and that has gotten more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotten more challenging, but it's not impossible. There are absolutely ways, um, to continue to do that, but I do think you have to be more intentional about it right now. I think that's very true, Beth. It's such a good example. It's kind of like, what's the new, the new version of lunch. Yeah. (laughs) What's the new version of like, we're meeting to warm up you know, our lunches in the kitchen. Yes. Flash, we're going to go to a casual lunch together that was yeah. impromptu. Yeah. So to your point, I fully agree. I think as a leader, it takes more intention. And I love the idea, just another kind of idea to kick around for leaders is, could you schedule, and I'm not talking one-on-ones because one-on-ones do have a purpose, but could you schedule like a non-agenda meeting with, you know, someone on your team, someone that reports to you, Hey, I just wanted to connect. Like, what's going on in your life? Like, what's new? What are you excited about? What are you worried about? It's yep. beyond just work, it's bigger. That those types of things, again, if we view fun as a way to build trust and increase engagement, all of that idea of meeting without an agenda also will get you there. Yeah. yeah I was talking to a client recently who one of the things she's gotten more intentional about is she texts her team members more often That's good. with like life check-in, like how, how are things? How's, how's your kid doing at band? Like whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. And she's doing that via text. And I think that's really smart right now <laughs> to, you know, maybe you don't want to be on a zoom meeting with somebody, but can you in, intentionally pick some points where you can connect with somebody and it can be whatever format mm-hmm. works for both of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we're almost getting into, sorry, Jason, did you have no, a No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, we're almost getting into kind of the mental health aspect and that there's, it's like, it's almost like, where does fun fit into that? Like if you're in a survival mindset, what does fun have to offer you? And, and I, I do believe it has some things to offer you if, if you can open up to it. I'm not saying it's solving any of our big problems, but it could be a distraction. It could let you know that people have your back at a time when you are feeling very alone. So I think both play a role in this world right now. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. That's yeah. And I I use the, to your point, Beth, about just connecting and and setting a meeting. I tell people all the time, don't waste a lunch. That's a phrase that I use when mm. I when I go into places. And people are like, but we're on Zoom. And I'm like, look, I sat across from you at a restaurant and watched you eat. It's no different than sitting on a camera and watching you eat. I just just mute your mic when you're smacking your lips or slurping your soup. <laughs> like I don't need to hear that. Like I don't mind seeing it. And I'll it's easier for me to see if you got something in your teeth and I'll make sure to let you know that too, by the way. So, so 
trust true. builder. People, I hear that a lot. Like, oh, I'm so sorry I'm eating. I'm like, I it does not bother me. We don't all. put up a partition when we go to eat with somebody. That like, don't don't watch me. Don't yeah. don't watch. Don't it's watch. So embarrassed that I'm eating. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we sure. all eat many times right. a day. It's all fine. right. Well, Beth, thank you so much for bringing your fun and your perspective on fun to us. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we let everybody who's listening to our podcast know where they can find you. So tell us where, where we can find you in the world. Sure. Your listeners can find me on Instagram. It's act up Beth. And I actually have a lot of fun with that because I'm doing just reels and I've noticed. she's They're so fun. funny on They're fun. Instagram. Please follow her on Instagram yeah. just oh. for the reels alone. They're Hilarious. really good. Thank you for that. I'm having fun just as a creative outlet. I, hope, I also hope obviously it's valuable to my followers. And then on LinkedIn, Beth St. Clair. And those are the two places you can find me. And I, I love to connect and, and have conversations. So if anyone would like to DM me, et cetera, um, I will respond. Awesome. Yes. We can attest well, we can't to thank that. You she enough. always responds. Thank you so much for being a part of this. And uh, listeners, go check out Act Up Beth. She is fantastic. And if you have not taken an opportunity to invite joy and fun into your workplace, mm. you no longer have an excuse if you've heard this podcast because now you have lots of actionable ideas and things to go do. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for the Diamond Dogs podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. You can find us on Instagram at the Diamond Dogs podcast or wherever you like to listen.